Icons of Real Estate, Oregon. Are you ready to learn from the real life experiences and the proven money-making secrets of Oregon's top producers? If you're an ambitious real estate agent in Oregon ready to skyrocket your business, then this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Maureen Healy, licensed Oregon realtor. Tune in weekly where every guest will have a story to tell and tips to share to help you increase your own business. Brought to you by the Masters in Real Estate Marketing, Arter SEO, and your all-inclusive real estate platform, Icons of Real Estate. Hello, everyone. This is Maureen Healy. I'm a real estate broker in Portland, Oregon. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Ross Seligman. He is the principal broker of the Own It Portland team at Living Room Realty here in Portland. Welcome. How are you doing today? Hey, Maureen. Thank you. Uh, doing great. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. Um, this is going to be a fun one, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. So- Tell me a little bit about how long you've been in real estate and what was your life prior to real estate, if anything? Yeah, I was, um, I've been doing this for 17 years. And before this, I was a, I was a full-time musician, Really, um, which actually has a lot of similarities between that and real estate. Um, I definitely want to talk more about that. Yes. You know, there, there, there's a lot that got me into real estate. I, I ended up, well, I could tell you the whole story if you want. <laughs> you you want the story it. right now? Yes. Okay. So here's here's my story. So I I came from um, the East Coast. I'm from New Jersey, and I came here about a little over 20 years ago. And I thought I'd stay here for like a year. I had no idea. Like I was just like, this place is amazing and beautiful. I'm gonna wow. I've never seen a real mountain before, you know. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, almost immediately upon moving here, I ended up getting this gig on a cruise ship, which went from Astoria all the way to Idaho. Really? And I was, and yeah, I got basically I was getting paid to play guitar. And I was, it was like, I was getting paid like a thousand dollars a week. And I'm like in my early twenties and I have like, no, I don't have to worry about living anywhere. I don't, you know, I'm living on the boat. I got rid of my apartment. Like I, that's great money for, oh my God, it was, it was ridiculous. So, so anyway, I'm on it for like eight months. I get off and my mom begged me to buy a house with that money. She said, houses in Portland are free. (laughs) The reason why she said that was because we were from New Jersey and over here, for those of you that know Portland, um, this was in the year 2000. So in the year 2000, you could buy an unbelievable craftsman off of Hawthorne for $150,000. Oh my gosh. Right? Nowadays, those are 600 plus. Oh, if you're lucky. Yeah. You know, you could you could easily spend 900, you know? So coming from like the New York area, because I grew up right outside, of New York, right outside of New York City, it was like, it was like, oh my God, like, like, you know, the New York times had not discovered Portland yet. So it mm-hmm. hadn't, you know, the, the, the prices hadn't, the population hadn't grown, the prices hadn't gone up. So she was begging me. She literally said, you're a musician. You are going to be broke always. <laughs> uh, and I was about to buy an around the world plane ticket. I had just been traveling before I landed in Portland and I was about to, I was like, oh, I can go and go again. And I ended up uh, buying a fixer um, near, near Mount Tabor and, um, great neighborhood and fixing it up over, you know, over 20 years, actually, I'm actually about to sell it. It's actually right now I'm getting it ready to sell it after all this time. Don't you um, want to keep it forever? No, I've decided I need it. I need to let it go. But anyway, I had all my musician friends move in with me and that's how I afforded it. And, um, so because of that, I became, it's it's amazing how life works. How you you don't really you, you never expect one th- how one thing is going to affect something else, and you look back and you're like, it's just astounding how the path went for you, right? But 
I, I, you know, I didn't have any particular interest in real estate at the time, but I got really into it going through the process at that age. Uh, and, and then learning how to fix up this hundred year old craftsman and doing everything wrong. And, you know, and my, and my real estate experience was terrible, by the way, I had the worst real estate agent ever. It was just, it was absolutely terrible. I was really young and I felt stupid and I, I felt like I couldn't ask. Uh, I remember at the end of the transaction thinking to myself, I'm still really afraid to ask what is earnest money, you know, and <laughs> Did, where did I you I find your agent? Was it a referral or how did, did you no, find no, it? Like, I, no, you know what it was? I looked around and oh. saw who had the most signs mm. and just called it. Like, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and this was, this was back. Like there wasn't Zillow back then. Like mm -hmm. they're like that. I feel really old when I say that kind of thing. They're back, this is back when there wasn't Zillow, <laughs> but you know, so it wasn't like there was, you weren't like online searching the way, you know, and I didn't really know people. I was, I was pretty new still here. And um, so anyway, so, I just called and I think what happened was I called the company, but I didn't know about agents. You know, I called the company and it must've been like this person, they must've been new and it must've been their day to do oh, like, like floor time or yeah, something. Yeah, like floor yeah, time, you back, know? Back in the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then so years later when I actually decided to do this for a living, I looked him up and he's not, you know, not the, of course he's not the business surprise, anymore. Surprise. But, anyway, <laughs> but anyway, so, so that, but I've never forgotten that experience specifically, I've never forgotten that experience because, you know, I, I, all these years later, whenever we have a first time home buyer, especially if they're super young, you know, I, I never, ever, ever want them to feel the way I did. And we, I even tell them this, that story. And I say, you know, I never want you to feel that way. I want, you can, you can ask me the same question 10 times, you know, ask us, like, I want you to walk away and feel like I totally knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. And and I knew the decisions I made and I knew why I made them. Okay. So anyway, so that's that's how I got into real estate. I ended up being, you know, quite young. And when we started getting a little older, uh, my my friends started to ask me real estate questions because I was the only one they knew, especially like a musician. Mm. Um, and next thing I knew, I'm like, oh, this is like the other thing I I like to think and talk about and do. Like I love music. I love talking about this. Like the, you know, one is going to pay a lot more than the other. Well, and one, by you know, this point in your life, did you realize not just the income possibilities from being a real estate agent, but the, the equity and the wealth building possibilities of real estate itself? Were you clued into that part yet? I, I was, I don't know that I saw the possibilities for myself at the mm, time. Interesting. But you but were I house that... hacking before house hacking was a term. House hacking. What is that? Yeah. I don't even know that term. Yeah, what does that's it mean? When, that's the roommate situation. You buy a oh, house oh, and oh. then you rent out the rooms and they cover either all or most of your mortgage. And then you build, you know, you're basically living for free or almost free in your own home. And then you can then go out and buy another one and buy another one, you know, and just keep leapfrogging. Yeah. That's how a lot of people build their portfolio. I should have done that. Now I have two little kids and now I do not want to go like, oh no, leapfrog. not now. <laughs> but when I'm like, oh, like I should have done that when I didn't have any, like, you know, when I could just do whatever. But anyway, it's all, it's all good. But, um, you know, I'm glad I listened to my mom because it didn't just uh, mean I had a house. It actually got me into this entire other world. And when I say it's similar to being a musician, here's what I mean. As soon as I got into real estate, I was like, wait a second, this is familiar. There's, there's zero safety net. Mm -hmm. There's no one is going to give you anything. Like no one's giving you a gig. Mm -hmm. you have to go make your own a hustle, you factor. know, 
you have to you have to do all of your own promotion. You got to make your website. You got to like like all, like everything seemed really similar. So I thought that actually being an artist of some kind, a freelance artist, is probably a really good background to have if you're getting into real estate. You're right. You wouldn't think so on the surface when you say the two fields, but now that you're talking about it point by point, it's like yeah, it makes total sense. You also have to be a okay with massive amounts of rejection. Mm -hmm. That was the other thing. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, mm, I get told, told no all the time, you know, for music. Like, okay, I'll make some phone calls. I'll do whatever I have to do. And people reject me. It's just, okay, next. Mm. <laughs> you know? So that I, I say that like it doesn't affect me at all. It's absolutely not true. I say that like, oh, whatever. No big deal. Rejection. No, it's definitely, you know, it's not easy for anyone. Um, but I, at least it wasn't the first time I was, I was just like seeing kind of the game of numbers mm -hmm. and okay, you know what? I'm just going to do a hundred of these. Like someone's going to hire me, you know? So that's a story. Now that was 17 years ago. So that was 2005. Is that right? Is I that going to so. be 18 years ago? Um, Pretty close. <laughs> so that means I started before the crash. So I was pretty new during the crash. And that was a terrible experience and a wonderful experience because just surviving that was, I learned so much from just surviving that, that what whole experience. What was it like to work during that time? And then leading up to that time, it was pretty, I would imagine pretty busy. I think like 2005, six, I remember I bought a condo in St. John's in 2007, early 2007. And I mean, it wasn't hard to get an offer accepted necessarily, but I don't know. I think prices were already going up at that time. Cause I was having a hard time finding something in my price point. I remember that. Um, and then going into 2008, 9, 10. So tell me what that was like going into that transition. Well, I wasn't as busy as most people were because at the time I was still heavily involved in music. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's so funny to think about now, but like, I was really into this, but I was also having like a slight identity crisis. Mm -hmm. Like it was so weird to be a working musician and like, Hey, you want to buy a house? <laughs> like It was uh -huh. like the weird, I don't know why it was just weird for me. Like for some people, it might not be a weird thing. And, but at the time I was like, it, it was like, it, it was, I really was sort of going like, okay, like there was this feeling that you had to be a hundred percent in to really make a go of it. And yet I didn't want to be a hundred percent in because I really wanted to do music. I didn't want to have to give that up. Now in retrospect, I'm like, oh, I didn't have kids. I didn't have to give that up. I could do. Yeah. That's time. what I was thinking. Like you're, yeah, you know, yeah. now I'm like, oh my time. God, like All the now, free time I'm, in the world. now I'm still trying to like play some music, but you know, there's the parenthood thing, like, which it's like, oh, that's a whole full-time job. Like what? I had so much time. What was it? Anyway. <laughs> right. So, so I wasn't as busy. So what happened was I started to get really serious. Like I, I, I made this decision, like, all right, I'm going for it. I'm going to like hundred percent in, you know, and then the crash, <laughs> the crash happened. And I was like, okay, I can go to pioneer square and play guitar for quarters and make more money than I will in real estate. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I also like, I was lucky in the sense that I didn't have people relying on me at the time. Um, and were you now, still living in the house with the roommates at that time? Still living in the house. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what I would, I mean, I don't, if that kind of experience, it's, it's hard to explain to newer agents what that experience was like, uh, you know, at the time, like we weren't sure. I remember like not being sure that the whole American financial system would make it right. Do you remember that feeling? Like maybe it's over. Like I, it was, it was the weirdest thing. So, but I was also watching people. What I, the, here's the other thing I'll never forget is I was watching people with who already had wealth, not be afraid of it. The people who didn't 
who didn't like lose everything because they'd over leveraged and just walk in and just buy as much as much as they could like because right, to them yeah. it's like the market's on sale i'm gonna buy everything it was all and, and i was like so interesting i go like while people are panicking i go the people with money are like this is like this is like christmas like mm-hmm. they're like walking in and they're buying all this stuff and now in retrospect i'm like whoa the people who did that like 10 years later oh my god like the equity amazing... factor just yeah Crazy. So, you know, we were all kind of wondering if maybe remember the beginning of the pandemic, like maybe mm-hmm. that's going to be another crash, you know, it's like, nope. <laughs> so really not. yeah, I don't, I don't know that that, that might've been a once in a lifetime. I mean, it was a tragedy, but maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity for those who saw it as an opportunity and had the means to take advantage of it as an opportunity. I don't know. But anyway, so that's the, that's, that's the story. I think that's so interesting. And now post that into our current market, like the last, you know, 10, 15, well, 10 to 12 years, I guess. I mean, now present tense, you are a principal broker and you have a team. So what was that transition like from being a solo agent and and then saying, okay, I'm all in and now to getting to where you are now? There's two things that happened kind of at the same time. When I had my first, so my, my son is six and I have a daughter who's, who's four. So six years ago, I, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause when I, when I went from music to real estate, I, there was a part of me that thought real estate is like the responsible job, right? It's the safe, responsible job. And you can like have a family and like whatever. And then as soon as I had a kid, I was like, oh no, <laughs> no, this is, this is just as bad as being a musician. Like it's not, it's not nine to five. You don't have weekends off. Like, right. And you constantly you know, are having to self-generate new business. Yeah. Constantly. And what happened was I started to say, okay, I have to figure this. I have to make some decisions with my life. Like I work like 70 hours a week. And, you know, for years I was like bumping up against 10 million, 12 million and working like 60, you know, maybe not 70, but like 60, like I was working a lot. I was working more, you know, like the, the joke, we get into real estate to avoid working 40 hours for someone else. We work 80 for, you know, we work all of them for ourselves. It was definitely that. And I would sometimes feel that the more success I had, uh, meaning like as my bank account grew, my quality of life shrunk. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I either need to figure this out or do something else. But I did see other people had like figured it out. Most of the people who, I don't know if they figured it out, but most of the people who seemed to have more balance than I did, did have help. They had leverage, they had a team. Also, I was very, very tech oriented in the sense of, I really wanted to take off as many of the hats as possible that we have to wear. I wanted to only really do the job that is our highest and best use. I didn't want to be an administrator. I didn't want, like, I wanted to just meet people, maintain relationships, negotiate deals. Like, that's it. Like, how do I pass off everything else? Right. And, you know, of course I started with a transaction coordinator and all that, but this is around the time that I, that I started creating sphere, which I know we'll talk about, but that system helped me grow really fast. And then I had a new problem. The new problem was oh my God, like I have more business than I've ever had in my life. So how do like, how do I deal with that? Right. You know, now, you now I'm, turn people away because you don't have the time. Yeah. Like now right. I'm totally overwhelmed. Even though this is great. I've kind of always wanted this problem. I mean, it's a good problem to have, right? Like, yes. oh, I have too much business. Like, what do I do? And that's when I started adding people. And, and then through the pandemic, especially like I was really growing and then Q4 of last year. And then this quarter have been really, really difficult. And, you know, now we've like, I, I, but I see it as an opportunity to reconfigure again and go like, okay, 
new market. Like, what am I doing? What do I want to do? And, um, and so the transition was, uh, at first it was difficult to, to let myself let go of certain things, even though I wanted to, like the, the leveraging was really difficult. But as soon as I started to see the benefits, now it's like, all I want to do, like, all I want to do is, is like, I want my job to be the rainmaker lead generator. I want to like bring in as many leads as I can. And I want to support my agents. And I love doing that. I love being the, you know, not just the principal broker, but I love being the managing broker, but for my team, I love when my phone rings and it's one of my agents and I can help put out a fire. Like that is really interesting and fun for me now. Different thing, you know, different things were super interesting. Like when I first started, it was like, oh, I, like I love showing houses and going through houses, you know? Mm -hmm. Now it's like, eh. Well, after <laughs> like, you've been through a few thousand of them, you're like. Oh. Yeah, like, like <laughs> unless it's something like absolutely spectacular, I've never seen anything like it, you know? Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, cool. But like, now it's like, no, I, I, I get really interested in solving the major uh, complications, um, especially when I'm helping one of my agents solve the issue. The client feels like great relief. Like it, it feels like I'm really doing something meaningful and, and helping, helping my agent grow, but also helping their client, you know, reach their goals. You know, th th that that's where I find joy now. Have you read the book rocket fuel? I have. Yeah. It sounds that, like that's sort of a random one, but somebody, <laughs> somebody recommended that to me and I read it. And I was like, this is like exactly it. There's the Did visionary. Say, so and the, it sounds like you are visionary to the max and you've got some integrators helping you out. That is absolutely true. And I also, I feel like I want to be careful not to get too far removed from the, from mm -hmm. the weeds too, so that I still know, understand what it's. Well, right. You can still through. function in, in whatever capacity is needed and not lose complete touch. Like I, you know, like speaking of having a TC, it's great to have a TC, but it's also really good to know how to fill out all the documents yourself. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that I think is super important. Something to not lose just because you have somebody else who can do it. Well, that's great. But I, for me personally, it's like, I always want to know, understand the forms and how to fill them out. Like, I don't want to have to always outsource that if I don't want to. Totally. Yeah. I want to be the visionary and I, and I, you know, and I want to help people who want to go and have boots on the ground at the moment, have their boots on the ground, you know? Sure. Um, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago that uh, last quarter and this quarter were really difficult. What sort of difficulties yeah. do you mean? Something I love about this business is in 17 years, this is a brand new market. I feel like I'm new. It is weird. <laughs> right. Like every, every market shift is brand. New. I mean, the pandemic, like we had never had that happen before. So it's, I don't care how long you've been doing this. Like if you, if you're really being honest with yourself, it's new all the time, you know, even transaction to transaction. Like I always learn something new and I've been doing it for six years now, but it's like, Ooh, I've never come across this thing before. Even yeah. if it's market related or not, just it could be related to the transaction. It's the the learning curve like never stops. Never stops. So what, what, what's the question? Oh, difficulties. The difficulties. Oh, difficulties. Yeah. Okay. So so in Q4, I mean, when the interest rates doubled, we'd never experienced that. I'm not sure. Didn't they say like it was like decades since that had happened? And the shock to the market was, was astounding. I mean, the, the way that everything froze, mm -hmm. like just absolute overnight, like crickets overnight, 
was really, really difficult. I mean, it was, it was like, you know, I, I want to tell my agents like, okay, like this and that, but it's like, I've never gone through this. Nobody's gone through this. Right. He's probably still in real estate. If, if anyone has ever, you know, and it, it's been interesting because what, what's happened is I, I'm now, you know, like, like I was saying about the crash where I look back and I, and I, like, I look at the lessons of that, the lessons of this moment for me are that people have a really short-term memory in real estate. So I don't even hear people pining away for the days of 3% anymore. Really? I feel like they're like, are not harping on that, or maybe they weren't in the market to buy at that time. So to them, it's like, they don't know the difference really. Or they've just accepted that. Like that was artificial. It was artificial for a long time. So it Mm -hmm. felt normal to people, but it was artificial and it's over and it's not coming back. Mm -hmm. And if it does come back, it means we have a major financial crisis. So we actually don't want it to come back. Right. Sellers. It does. You better be ready to pounce. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, I think if rates go to 5%, we're going to have a frenzy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think rates will maybe at least get close, you know, and, and so that will all be great for us. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but, um, but I think, I think that the short-term memory is like, people are like, okay, like this is the new normal and we're seeing people move forward. The thing that's really tricking Q1 for us is that inventory is incredibly low. Yep. And specifically what the problem with that is, is that there's a lot of homes on the market that are not great that are on the market or, and what I mean is like for the price, because obviously like, you know, depending on price point, but a lot of them are still priced too high for what's affordable with the interest rates and sellers. It's really hard for sellers to accept that that's the reality. It just is like, you can't look at what your neighbor sold for last year. It's just not, I know exactly what you mean. It is not that anymore. And it's tough too. Like I've had clients in the past couple of years that were like, well, we're, we're going to sell, but we're not ready. We need more time. And then I was saying at that time, don't wait too long. We don't know how, you know, and then we started hearing interest rates are going to go up. It's going to change. But in their mind, it's like, well, I'm just going to take my time. And now I've got people that I talked to a year ago and they are thinking that the value is the same. You know, they're getting ready to list in a month. I'm like, no, no, (laughs) sorry to tell you, but no, this is not going to happen. Yeah. Bringing them into reality is, is a challenge. So what we are finding is when something really great comes on and you and I are in the same market. So like, Mm. you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? So when something really great comes on and it's priced really well or low, which is, you know, my buyers are getting super mad when that happens and then there's multiple offers, but I'm, I'm turning around and saying to them like, Hey, like, think about it in this market. That's, that's a good strategy. Like, Mm -hmm. like homes are either sitting forever or flying off the shelf. Like, which right. one do you want to- you are the seller, you don't theoretically want to be sitting around forever. I know there are some sellers that are like, well, I'm okay to wait. I'll just, I'll just wait it out. You know, I don't yeah. care. But at the end of the day, you're not serving your client if you're not advising them like, okay, TikTok, you know, we don't want to sit on the market for six months and have crickets. Like that's not- Well, then then you're just inviting oh. everyone to lowball you, mm-hmm. right? And, and so- then you've got these people who like, when I say list low, like I still, for me, if my sellers want to do that, I still want them to list within mar- the window of market value. Yeah. Like I don't want them to list below market value. Artificially but, low, right. Yeah. But just going to the lower end of that window in this market is, you know, especially if you can get under certain search filters for Redfin and Zillow, it's like pretty wise because, you know, the thing that's frustrating for my buyers, right, is, is just constant six, seven, eight offers 
on those houses. It suddenly feels like it's 2021 again. Mm-hmm. It's going a hundred thousand over list. So that's, you know, it's tough. And so, okay. So here's the thing, Maureen, I want to know if you're having the same thing. So I have listings coming on in March. I have people who've been waiting, 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 and they're going to go on in March. I've been calling stagers. Stagers are saying to me, uh, I think we're going to be out of uh, furniture in March and April. Wow. <laughs> well, this is the busiest time, right? This that is the busiest time, but I'm, I'm thinking finally, yes, yeah, seasonality seems to be back. And, and even I, after all these years, totally got used to there not being seasonality during the pandemic, mm-hmm. right? But I'm getting really excited at the prospect of like tons of inventory, I hope. I hope coming on, like let there be tons of inventory instead of these houses where like one good house comes up that's priced well and there's seven offers, let there be three that would all fit the bill to dilute those, you know, I want to get my, I want to get my buyers pending. Sure. Right and it, it is interesting because I watched the market reports that um, RMLS puts out and the, the months of inventory chart is always the first thing I look at. And it has gone up. I mean, we were under a month of inventory for a long time. And now oh. I think the last one it said 2.6. So it feels like there should be a lot more choices. But when you're out there with your buyers, it doesn't, it doesn't feel, feel that like, way. Right. It's a weird spot yeah. to be. And, and like you said, the prices are not necessarily coming down appropriately yet in some cases they are but a lot of sellers are still thinking that they know best and want you know i get it they want top dollar but and and so i just went through it myself so i i this has been really good for me i i haven't done this in years and um you know i told you that i'm i'm getting my house ready to list Mm -hmm. i haven't sold my own house in a long time and I just moved two weeks ago and to have that moving experience again and how much it sucks Mm. was so valuable to renew my compassion towards my clients who um, go through it and are sometimes like really reacting out of stress. And I'm like, oh man, Uh, now I'm like, oh yeah, no, I wasn't my best self at all. Like Mm -hmm. in those two weeks, but also then trying to make my own price decisions. Like, so, you know, you know, it is, it's like someone calls me to go see their home and I'm like, okay, like this and that and the other thing. And this is what I think you should, this is what I would do if it was mine and blah, 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 blah. Once it's mine, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't, you know. And for me, I don't want it to sit. I also do this for a living. So I know that, you know, okay, if a seller like wants it, wants to take their time, okay. But I also know that time correlates with lower offers. So I'm like, no, I, I mean, I don't want to leave any money on the table, but I don't want, you know, the whole, like I started to think about all the things personally that my clients do. And it was a really good refresher. And so I actually told my team, would you please do market, do a, you know, CMAs for me? Like I, I need to get some separation. Well, you, from you my have own that home. perspective, right? I <laughs> lived there for 20 years. I need you guys reason. to do it, mm-hmm. you know? So so yeah, so that that's good. interesting. That's great that you you got that experience though, because you're right. Moving does suck, and it is extremely stressful. And you know, we're we're doing this this big thing with them. It, it might be the biggest. It's usually the biggest financial situation that people are are working on when they're buying or selling a house. But also the just the logistics and the stress of like, well, I don't want to list my house because I don't have another house yet, but I can't buy another house until I sell my house. And what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I mean, I had people um, in 2021 who 
we were in that situation and, and the, their buyers, I was the listing agent and their buyers couldn't close for like another extra, I don't know, month or two. It went on a long time and they were in an Airbnb for two months and they were going insane. And that was when every offer was just out of control. And they were like, we're never going to get a house. What are we going to do? And they, of course they eventually did and it was fine, but Mm -hmm. that panic and stress is real. Yeah. Good to, good to experience a measure of it myself for sure. So one of the things you referenced earlier was Sphere. Um, that's a CRM that you co-created. And I wanted yeah. to dive into that a little bit because it's actually something that I personally have been using for a few years and love it. It's really helped my business and my organization. I love <laughs> so, that. And I want everyone to know that Maureen and I have never spoken before. We this truly is our, have not. <laughs> and and, when, and when, when Maureen reached out and said, uh, I actually been using Sphere for four years, I was like, awesome. Um, it's, uh, for anyone who wants to check it out, it's usesphere.com. How does and it, it create a software? I mean, it was, it wasn't something I had planned on. Um, and I also, it's been, it's been a know, six, six years, seven years now. It is my love. It's like my baby. I just, I absolutely love working on it for so many reasons, which I'll, which I'll tell you. But what happened was I was helping someone buy a house. This was seven, eight years ago, maybe eight years ago. And um, he was a really interesting guy and he he worked for a startup incubator. And I thought that was really interesting. And I'm talking to him and he says, oh, you know, uh, the, you know, my, my, the bot, my boss is, is looking to do something in the real estate space. And he was, um, this was back when everything was appraising low, mm. like everything was coming in low. It was, it was a nightmare. We may start to see some of that now. I think we are seeing some of that now until, until the numbers change. Cause you know, they only look at the past few months, but anyway, so he was trying to do something with, with lenders to sort of certify a price. It was this interesting idea. And I tend to be an early adopter of things. I, at the time I was trying to piece together my business out of like five or six different things that I was paying like 50 bucks a month for each of them and taking like 10% of each of them, um, to, to try to automate things. And, you know, and so I was very like, oh, this is this is great. I'm an early adopter. Like, I, you know, I would love to meet him. And he had said, yeah, he he wants, you know, he knows I'm buying a house and he wants to see if you'd be interested in talking to him about like to see if it's a good idea. If you think it's a good idea as a realtor, I'm like, great. So I meet him and and I'm telling him, you know, I think it's a great idea. I bring a colleague who I knew would be just much more like skeptical. And she was, and she just told him why it was a terrible idea. She was actually right. Uh, and they didn't do it, right? Year, a couple of years later, I'm in a, another real estate transaction, and I realized it's actually I had the buyer, and um, and this this guy, the boss, was actually selling his house, and there was like 15 offers, and we ended up getting it. And I I was like, God, why does this email address sound so familiar? And I realized it was him. Oh and I reached God. out to him, and I said, Okay, I can't really talk to you because I'm on the other side. I go, but when this is done. Hopefully it goes well. Mm-hmm. And I would love to uh, connect with you. Like, I'd love to, like, I'm fascinated by what you do. And like, you know, uh, I know that you were interested in something in the real estate space. And I just, I'm just interested in talking about it, you know, but I didn't have this kind of thing in mind. We became friends and, you know, it was after the sale, we connected and then we became friends. And then at a certain point, we just started talking about this thing. Like, I was like, I, there's a million CRMs and I know this is a CRM, I wish I could find a different name for it because it's it's not exact right. It's not exactly a CRM. I mean, it is a CRM, but it's a different kind of animal than what you think of when you think of a CRM. One of my goals was to be able to take all of these things 
that I was using 10% of and put it all into one. But the other thing was I felt like all the CRMs that were out there were very much, I call it like sexy to Silicon Valley. Like, like Silicon Valley is interested in building things that just churn out thousands of leads and then want to like automatically spam them mm-hmm. all day long. And really the way that I was running my business and the way that I saw most successful agents running their business was very relationship-based, even if they were automating a lot. And even if they were paying for online leads, like I do some Zillow, I do all of that, but I don't see the ROI of Zillow as being the sales from Zillow. Mm-hmm. Like if I can just get Zillow to pay for itself in a month, I, I we do better than that. But if I can just get it to break even, I'd be happy because what I'm doing is I'm bringing people into sphere and then I'm working on them to bring them into my relationship based business. And then I'm looking to create referrals out of them and a relationship out of them for the future. To me, the ROI is building my database through online leads mm-hmm. so that I can then get multiple sales in the future from them and with them. So yeah, so that, that's that's basically what happened is, is we, we set off on this journey of building this thing. And what, what's amazing is like he had lots of experience in the, that kind of world, not real estate, but in building. Yeah. And I didn't, I'm like, oh, we'll, we'll build this. And then like, everyone's going to want to be on it. And it's just going to be great. You know? And I was, I was really, and he gave me all these books. Like you need to read, you need to read this book. You need to read this book. Oh and I'm reading them. And it's about how hard it is to create something like this. Right. I'm like, oh, it's going to be great. And um, so many things I didn't realize. One is that it's never done mm-hmm. like ever. Like it's, it's every day. Like, like Google just has to change one line of code for like security and like, the whole thing doesn't work. No, oh, right. So we have like 12 people on staff that are just developers. You know, we have we have this whole team. Okay, I could I could go on war stories about that. I'm not going to. The the it's been such an incredible learning experience to do it. And what's happened is it has grown and evolved from a an agent perspective more than I think any other like platform like this could, because this is like a bootstrap tech company. This is not, we're not owned by Zillow. We're not, you know what I mean? Like we don't even have investors. Like we have no investors. Like it's just us, you know, it's Hayden and I, Hayden's my partner I'm talking about. We have our, you know, our developers, like, you know, and, and what happens is like over time, so many of our features have happened because of agents, a lot of them in the Portland area. Although now most of our users are not, are not in Oregon. They're all over the country. We have, we have people in Canada, but, but, but the ideas that come from the agents themselves and you know, I would get these ideas and I'd go like, oh my God, that'd be amazing. But I'm thinking of it from the perspective of like, that'd be amazing for my real estate business. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, cool. We could put that as a feature. It's yes, put it as a feature, but it's like, oh, I want that for my clients. Like I want that for my real estate business. And then I go to Hayden and I, and he's the, you know, he's the guy who really understands development. I don't at all. And I'd go, is this magic or can this really be, can this really be done? You know? And he'd be either be like, yeah, no, we can do that. Or that's impossible or whatever. And so it's grown that way. And what happened is really what the crux of Sphere is, is that it automates everything that, or everything possible. And, you know, it's a work in progress forever. There's still going to be a million things to implement. Everything that top agents do, right? Everything that like top sustainable businesses and real estate, the activities that they do, but it takes the prep out of it for me, right? So instead of like, I know I need to contact my sphere, right? Instead of like agonizing over my entire database and going like, oh my God, and what do we, you know, who do I talk to? What do I talk about? What did we do last time? You know, 
I just sit down and I open it and it goes, here's, you know, there's a today button and I click today and it goes, here's today. You know, I'm like, awesome. And I get done in one hour in the morning, what used to take me like six hours or I just wouldn't even do because I wouldn't be consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, So the hat, the hats I'm able to take off are all of the prep, all of the administrative stuff. So I can just sit down and like do the thing that moves the needle. Sure. And that's what I wanted. Like I didn't, I didn't. So here's the other part, which I mentioned earlier from having my kids, two things I wanted from this. I wanted to scale my business to any level that I wanted to. I also wanted to cut down the hours I worked because I wanted to be a present dad. Yeah. That's why that's, that's the, like the most important place to spend your time. Right. So if you can. Yeah. I mean, this, the childhood thing Dreamline. is like really, really fast. And, um, even though it feels like it's forever, it's, it's, really, it's, it's really fast. And, um, I don't want their memory of me to just be like with a phone on my head mm-hmm. and that's what was going to happen. Like, I will tell you 100%. That's what was going to happen because I, I couldn't feel when it was time to stop working for the day. This is one of the things about being an entrepreneur, right? About being uh, in business for yourself, not having a boss, not having hours, you know? And so there's key activities in sphere that I know once I've done those for the day, I've actually killed it today. I've done awesome. I could do more, but if I don't, I can feel good about it. I can feel like I put in a good day and I can go do something else, right? Mm -hmm. And I needed that. I really needed that. So what sphere has done is made me consistent, told me what to do allowed me to stop working and do other things in my life and scaled my business. So last year we did about 65 million and I worked like 40 hours a week and I used to do 10 million and work 60 hours a week. Yeah, that's that's a significant shift in the right direction. And I want it, my goal is 75 million for this year. I, who knows? I mean, Q1 was, you know, we're fine. Like we've been, you know, we've got business happening, but I'm really hoping that like, I heard this statistic the other day that I want to share with you Okay. about this, because this, this is how I've been thinking about this whole thing about Q1, is that I heard that 65% of all home sales nationally, right? This is a big data set, um, happen in Q2 and Q3. Mm. So if you think about it that way, you want to make sure that you're having at least, like, let's say, you're, let's say your goal is 100 sales a year. So, okay, so I want 65 sales to happen in Q2 and Q3, right? And then I want like 17 to happen in Q1 and 17 to happen in Q4, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to use numbers like that. Like, so when I actually look at our pendings and close for Q1, even though I'm feeling like it's so much slower than it was last year, we're actually not that far off from that. You know, like we're, we're, we're down a little, but especially as, um, but you know, rates just went up again. Mm-hmm. We have tons of clients. We're just like getting them to the finish line and educating them and helping them feel comfortable to do that. But I, I really feel like that is going to be easier in Q2 and Q3, especially as more inventory comes on the market okay. and we, we could slay our goal, you know, for that's an year, interesting so. way of breaking it down. I've never looked at it in that way. Where did you get that statistic from? Is that like a, a, a NAR statistic or I don't, you know, I'll tell you, I think it was from Craig Rieger. It might've been, or, or maybe, maybe my, my, um, my coach Chase, who, who, who's in Idaho. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm a coach for, for RCC. And then I'm also, I, I have a coach, right. Really into coaching. I love yeah, coaching. So, uh, I love receiving it. Craig Rieger coaching is not something that I'm familiar with. Can you tell me a little bit about that? And how did you a decide to do coaching for in the first place and b choose that company? 
Um, they, so it, it, it happened organically. Like what, what happened was, um, I, I didn't know Craig, but I, I knew of him. He, I mean, he's, you know, a rock star, like, you know, mega team agent, um, been around for, for years and years and years. And what happened was, you know, somebody who, who worked for him, I didn't know that he was starting this whole coaching, um, and consulting company. And what happened was they, they reached out to me because they were looking at CRMs and oh, somehow came across sphere and wanted, you know, wanted a demo of it, wanted to talk about it, you know, wanted to see if maybe it was something that their coaching clients would want. And, and, um, and I started talking to them and then they called me back at a certain point and said, have you ever wanted to be a coach or ever thought about it? And I was like, no, not necessarily. <laughs> and then we started talking about it, but I'd received a lot of coaching and, and really believe in it. I started, so I, I said, you know what? Like, I feel like this is kind of how I approached a lot of this. I didn't know if I was going to be any good at doing that. But what I did know was that going through the training, I would learn a ton. Mm -hmm. That would be actionable for myself and my own business. You so are I thought, a, like, a good um, spotter of opportunities and seizing them. Sounds like. Yeah. It was like, it was like, okay, there's no downside. Like give this a shot. Maybe it's something that, you know, I end up being able to help people and find enjoyment out of. Maybe I love it. Maybe I don't, but if I don't, or if I'm not any good at this, I will have uh, just gone through some of this really great training and no matter what, I'm going to learn something. I think that's a really and, smart way to look at it. Yeah. So I did it. And you know, I, I mean, as you can imagine, I don't have a lot of free time, so I don't, I don't have a lot of coaching clients. I, I have, I have a few and that's, that's it. And that's all I want right now. One day, well, one day my kids will just be embarrassed by me and they won't want to be with me anyway. And then I'll have more time. So, but for now, for now, I, you know, I'm only, I only have a few, but, but I do, but I love it. And I, I, I'm trying to remember, I feel like it might've been because we have training every Tuesday morning and, um, it might've been from them. I'm, I'm having, I have a feeling it was, it's the kind of thing that would come from, uh, from them. So, uh, and I don't know where they got the stat, but I love it. <laughs> It's like, I'm looking at it that way and I'm going, oh yeah, of course. Like you can't, well, you can, but there's no, there's no sense in breaking down like your goal. I, well, I have to sell this many a month. It's mm -hmm. like, how can you compare January to May? Mm -hmm. It's very different. Yeah. And so, you know, so we're, we're down a little bit for Q1, but I'm going, okay, fine. How do I make that? How, how, what actions do I take now that will help me make up for that? in Q2, three and four, right? Sure. We have the whole year ahead of us. Like we've got plenty of time. Um, and people are still getting over the shock of the rate changes. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, three months from now, six months from now, hopefully rates have gone down a little bit, but it will also be absolutely the new normal about the short-term memory situation. Like nobody's going to be, well, I'm not going to buy until it's 3% again. It's like, you will be waiting a long time. <laughs> take your down payment, buy a time machine. You know what I mean? Well, and uh, you know, they the, a lot of the lenders will say, uh, "Marry the house, date the rate." Yeah, and and I think that's true. You know, it's like, yeah, it might not be what you wanted, but there, if it does change and get lower, you can refi. Absolutely, and the truth about residential real estate is that although there's a huge financial investment aspect to it, there's this other thing. This isn't a stock. This is this is where you live. So look at like I I can speak very personally about this. I just moved. I just bought a house. My rate is 6.35, but my life is transformed. I'm about to sell my other house. Some sellers are, are saying, you know, I don't know if it's a good time to sell. It's like, okay, I just did. Mm -hmm. I do this for a living. I just, I'm selling my house right now. I'm buying my, you know, I already bought my house. I'm going to refi. Like as soon as it's like, I don't know, five, 
5.3 or I don't know what, like at a certain point, I'm going to refi. And then I get that extra month of not even making a payment. It's going to be great, you know, but what, what's the deal? I get to wake up every day and have the life I want. And that is where the true value should be. I feel like in real estate, you know, if it's just about the money, there's other things you can do right now, probably Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) other investments you can make probably, you know? (laughs) So so yeah, so that's 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 my feeling about that is that it's it's a it's a good time. Like if it, if it's a good time for you, yeah, it's a good like, time. Right. If if you're at a point in your life where it would, there's a reason why you want to move or you need to move. You can't wait for the market conditions to be perfect. You just have to do it, and then if you have the opportunity to refi later, do that. But especially for renters, you know, yeah, rents only going up. I mean, rents around here are as much as a mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so in- yeah, and then you're like, I'm, I don't want to pay six percent or seven percent, and it, you know, rent is a hundred percent. Yeah, interest. you get nothing out of it at the end, and right. you know, you get no benefit. You, you literally are paying to borrow a place to live for a while. Mm-hmm. It's not, hopefully, not a permanent long term scenario. If you want to get into a house, even if the rate is a little bit higher, you're building something for yourself and putting money in your own pocket over time with equity, you're never going to get that as a renter. So to try to wait out the market, it's, you know, people have to do what they feel is right for them, but just being able to explain it, I guess, to them in that way might be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I also, something I, I, and I don't want to forget to mention about Sphere. Mm -hmm. Is that it's free for new agents? I want people oh, really? to know, I that. Didn't know that. You didn't know that. If you're no. if you're licensed less than twelve months, it's free indefinitely until you close two million in real estate. That is cool. We did that because, well, so many reasons. One is I think we're gonna. I think that Sphere will get you to two million way faster than you would on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, that that would be true for me. I would. Has that always killed. been the case, or is it's always been the case? We we've, we've always done it, and the and you know the thing is. I really try to remember what it was like to be new. And one of the things I remember experiencing when I was new was t- like a lot of fear, like uncertainty, like excitement, but also fear. Like, I wonder if I'm going to be successful at this, like, you know, and being astounded at the amount of fees that were coming at me from oh, right. every direction. Absolutely. That's why I was on a Google spreadsheet for my first couple of years instead of a platform like that. Yeah. So I didn't, I, I, I wanted to provide this thinking like, okay, like, you know what? We give this to you for free. If it, if you get there, cool. Now we have someone paying for it. If not, okay. But like, maybe we have you for life because we helped you get there, you know? But when I was new, like I would have loved to have had something just given to me for free. That was like, here's the way, like, here's the way top agents truly do it. Like you're, you know, you're going to get all these messages from all these companies trying to sell stuff to you, mostly trying to sell leads. And, you know, Here's actually like, here's, you know, here's something that's systemizing the actual activities, Sure. you know, that for decades have been working for, you know, long before Zillow that worked for all the top agents, you know, and they still do like the basics still work. And in this market, the basics are, are really crucial. So I just wanted to make sure I didn't forget to mention that. That is really cool. And, and. Um, you should be shouting that from the rooftops because probably most people don't realize that. I never had heard that and I've been using it for a few years now. I did not know that. Well, everybody go to go to usephere.com and if you're under 12 months, just sign up and it'll automatically put you in that program. 
that is really cool. And thank you for offering that. That's a, that's a huge benefit to somebody who is brand new and maybe is transitioning from a W2 job and they know, okay, now I'm going into this world where I don't have the certainty of a paycheck and I've got to pay my licensing fees and my MLS and my lockbox and all this stuff. And now- How about like PMAR? I'm sure everybody has their own version of PMAR, yep. like 600 bucks or something. I'm like, man, like it's just, it's constant. And when you're new, it's like- And it comes during the holidays, which is like the worst. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, I, I know. think it's not due till the end of January, but it's still like going into the holiday season. You got to keep that in the back of your mind. Like I've got this renewal, annual renewal coming up right, right around the corner. If all that stuff could come up in like, you know, June, it'd be, it'd be awesome. They should like, definitely do, they really should rethink that time frame. I think. Yeah. But, um, what sounds like there's a lot that's going really well in your business. Is there anything that you want to improve or that if I had a magic wand and I could just eliminate it? from your day or your routine, what would that be? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, okay. The first question was things that something that's going really well. Was that the first? Well, question? it sounds like things are going really well. Is there anything, I they mean, are. There, you were down a little bit this, this Q1, but yeah. is there anything that you are trying to improve or that you just hate and want to eliminate? I am really trying to improve um, nurture and follow-up because we haven't had to like do that in a few yeah. years. True. I mean, like we, we you know, some, we'd meet someone on Thursday, we'd be pending by Sunday. Right. Uh -huh. And now this is a really long journey with people it is. and I'm trying myself and, and with my team for them to say like, Hey, like you might, this might be in six to 10 months. You might still be following up with this person. Like, how are we doing that? How are we giving them something of value? You know, we'd like to talk about, uh, go like, giving them gold bars, which means like, what we mean by that is like, um, we try not to do sales calls at all. We don't want it to be a sales call. We want it to be like, like, like the gold bars thing is like, if I call you and I'm like, you know, Hey, um, Maureen, like, you know, I, I want you to give me a hundred dollars. <laughs> You'd be like, okay, okay. Like, no, like, you know, <laughs> but if I call you and I'm like, Hey, I've got these gold bars. I'd love to just give them to you. You'd be like, okay, great. And that's, that's the kind of way we want to look at it. We don't want to call people trying to get them to buy or sell a house. It's we're calling people with something super valuable, like gold bars. Right. But more like, um, Hey, you know, I, I, uh, you know, there's this program that I thought you would love, or there's this, you know, this thing I just learned, you know, or would you, would you like to know, answer any questions about the market or like, Hey, I'm doing a happy hour. I would love to invite you. You know, we're trying to do these long-term nurture programs sure. where it's not about like, Hey, do you want to sell your house? So these Nobody are these past clients or new, potentially new clients? Both, but especially okay. people who were searching and maybe got discouraged, you know, mm -hmm. got priced out or like, couldn't, you know, kept uh, losing multiple offer situations because we're having a lot of that right now. Right. Again. Mm -hmm. And I want to keep them on board and keep them engaged. I want them to look at us, not just as their real estate salespeople, but more like they're in this like really exclusive club mm -hmm. and the club is that they're in our sphere, you know, and that means they get to do cool stuff and go to events and get cool gifts and like, just be a part of something. And, oh yeah. And by the way, they're going to, you know, use us to buy houses like when they want to do it, but that that's just going to like, that's just going to be part of it. The natural you know, byproduct, right? Yeah, it's the natural byproduct. Like, like You're I want them to feel like- happy hour going, so when are you selling? <laughs> yeah, I want them to feel like we have our people that are in real estate. Like we have, you know, and we can just text them anytime. 
And, you know, like that's, that's the vibe I want them to have. And so that's the thing we're working on because it really is, um, part of that is the back to basics thing, but, but we didn't have to do it. Like we were just, it, we were so overwhelmed with processing deals mm. during the pandemic that I, I wasn't doing much nurturing. Sure. Yeah. The, we a day goes like, by very, very quickly, especially if you've got multiple transactions going on that you're constantly dealing with before you know it, it's like nine o'clock at night. Yeah. It's like, later, Oh my God. Like I can't, I'm not doing pop buys right now. Like, mm. I got like all these deals. I got all these offers I got to write, you know, but and then when I think about it, if I'm a new agent who started at the beginning of the pandemic, I've never even known how to do that. Mm -hmm. This is true. And that's, that's one of the functions of sphere. You know, that's one of the things it does is, is help you remind you to, to keep in touch and all that stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah. And if there's something that I could have disappear, that's a really good question. I probably should have prepared an answer for that. Um, <laughs> well, you've got but, a team and you've got a TC. So maybe that's something that you already did. You delegated. Yeah, I, de I delegated a lot. I think, um, well, one of the things that I want to be doing more of is, and this is just my own personal world. Other people may have uh, already figured this out again, is is I want to be in person a lot more mm. again. Mm -hmm. I'm still not, you know, I really want to get in front of people. I'm still not as much as I was. You know, so that's something I'd like to, I'd like to change. The main thing that we are focused on right now is to try to talk to three to four times as many people as we were mm. with the idea that we need to do that to do the same level of business. Yeah. Now we might eat our words. We might find that no, once rates go down a little bit or for whatever reason, we're just doing that much more business because we're talking to more people. Like it may not, but but I, I want to come from that perspective. Like, Hey, let's just, let's just make our reach and our connect and our connections that much more and the business will follow. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the main focus at the moment. That's great. Well, uh, we can start to wrap things up. I really appreciate your time. Is there anything else that we didn't hit on that you like any gold nuggets you have for agents that are trying to grow their business? If you do not have a system, I mean, and I'm not even saying it has to be sphere, but you got to have a system. I saw this morning, I saw that there was like, it was something like some huge percentage. I'm going to get it wrong. It might've been 68% or something. I feel like I have in my mind of agents didn't have any kind of system whatsoever. Like nothing, uh, nothing, like, like no database, not even a semblance of a database. If you're going to treat this like a business, you have to have one because it is the lifeblood of your, uh, of everything. It's the lifeblood of your business. And it's, it's how you're going to, to be able to structure a life, yes. not just, not just to make money, but like, okay, like when am I starting work today? When am I stopping? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, people think sometimes, oh my God, it's, it's a real pain to put together a system. It's like, no, it's a real pain not to, mm -hmm. it's just, it's constant. You're never not working if you don't. If you haven't systemized sure. stuff. And especially when you've got a young family or a family of any sort that you want to spend time with and you need to have that structure in your day so that you can turn it off and totally go spend that time. Cause you know, so, none of us can get more time. That's the thing. It's like, that's the one commodity that all we can do is manage it to the best of our ability to get mm -hmm. in all the things that we want to get in, in a day. Yeah. So the two things are that have a system. Okay. You know, mine is usesphere.com. Doesn't have to be that one, but that's the one that, you know, 
That's the one Maureen uses too. I personally like it. <laughs> and then also I really, really, really recommend you get a coach. I've been, I've been receiving coaching for, for over 10 years and I wouldn't have achieved a, a fraction of what I have achieved without it. And um, one of the main reasons is it really transformed my mindset at, cr at crucial moments. Mm. The coaching company I work with is RCC, Rieger Co Coaching and Consulting. There's lots of great coaching companies out there, lots of great coaches, but I just want to share at least the ones that I'm involved with, with, you know, RCC and yeah. Usphere. But those are the two things. I mean, I just think it's, you know, nothing magic, nothing, no, no nugget that no one's ever heard before, but this is, there's a reason that these are the things because they, this is what, this is what works. So it would be really interesting to see, and I'm sure there's statistics on this somewhere, but um, the, the production volume of agents who get coaching versus those who don't or have never had it. Yeah. Agreed. I would be, cause I'd, I personally have not, that. it's not something I've done yet. I mean, I'm interested in doing it, but I'm sure the growth is exponential when you've got it is. That professional development constantly and, and the accountability factor. Actually, it was my coach who told me about rocket fuel. You asked about oh, that really? book. <laughs> yeah, it was my coach. Was like, you need to read rocket fuel. Like, I mean, even things like that, like getting turned on to things that I wouldn't or ideas, you know, and also my coach is in a different state and that's really, really helpful because there's things that I just wouldn't even think of because, you know, it's just nice to have a coach that's like out of my market. Yes, I agree. So and you can learn because, you know, we're in a bubble and we, after you do this for a certain amount of time in the same market, you understand the dynamics of your local place, but then talking to somebody in an outside can just give you a different perspective. And even though they're in a different geo, you know, geographical location, there's still things that apply no matter where you are, but it just might not be something that we experience in our day to day. So I think yeah. that's extremely valuable. Yeah. Um, the last, the last thing I would like to just share is I love to connect with agents from all over the country and all over the world. Even, mm. um, my Instagram is at own it Portland, O W N I T Portland. So if anybody wants to connect with me, please do. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. And I really appreciate you being here today. Thanks Maureen. Let's do a deal. We're in the same market. Let's do a deal I know. together. I'm surprised we haven't yet, but I'm sure we I will. Know. We will. We will. We will. Well, thank you again. Oh, I'm one thing I meant to ask you was how long have you been at living room? Uh, seven years, seven years. And where were you before? I was at Windermere before that. Okay. How yeah. did you choose your brokerages? Windermere, I wanted to be somewhere really, really established, really, really big when I was new. Mm -hmm. um, I, and it's funny because like my, a lot of this, who know, who knows how much of this is like truth or real. This is just how I felt, right? I, I was new. I was a musician. I felt like, what, why would anyone want to use me? Like, you know, I wanted to be um, associated with a brand that was really well-known, really big. It's like, okay, Windermere, like, you know, it's not an unknown quantity, right? Mm -hmm. I was there and I really learned, I mean, I learned a ton. I had amazing experiences, um, made amazing relationships, was there for 10 years. And then I just got really attracted to the smaller boutique type of thing, the more the more local vibe of, of living room. Mm -hmm. And it's just been a really good fit for me. They have a, such uh, a beautiful aesthetic. I love the marketing. Yeah, I know. Me too. And it, and it's just like, it's it's a very different kind of feel in general uh -huh. um, being there. Although it has and grown quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's grown a lot. How big is it now? I mean, I know there's I multiple offices and I think out at the coast now and. Yeah, the coast. And um, I know that they've just opened one in Vancouver. I'm not sure uh, how many agents we have now because, you know, things have changed over the last 
few months. I don't know. Sure. Like I think, but uh, I don't know, maybe 130, 135, maybe not sure, okay. but yeah, it's, it, it's a wonderful place. It's a wonderful community. I know a few agents there and, and they all speak very highly of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mentioned before I, you asked me before we started, I am with EXP now. I recently moved over there and um, I, I just wondered if you are familiar with that model. I am. Yeah, no, I found it fascinating. A totally fascinating model. It is very, um, it's interesting because I came, I, I went the opposite path from you. I started with boutique agencies on purpose because mm -hmm. I was very interested in the investor side of things. And so my first few brokerages were investor niche. And I did work with traditional clients at both as well, but I sought that out. And it was interesting too, because I had a couple of older clients, traditional clients, when I was with those other brokerages that where they're not the client themselves, but their family or friends would be like, oh, you need to switch realtors because nobody knows who that company is. Oh, yeah. And I, I had to explain to them, well, like, okay, you know, yes, it's not like a Keller Williams or a Remax or something like that, where everybody knows that name, but we all do the same tasks we have the same exposure like for some reason the the people were tying the level of exposure that the listing would get to the company and i i, I think that i i could be totally wrong but i think decades ago that was true maybe that's why because they are now the older like... generations that have been the ones to comment on that and i had to say you know like no you you get me and i do everything that i do no matter what yeah, you could start marine real estate it would make absolutely no difference exactly yes so yeah. but anyway now i changed over to the opposite like it's the biggest brokerage and it's growing crazy yeah fast. But i've seen its numbers it is, it's, it's interesting. Um, but the thing that really was appealing to me was that the, the revenue share part where like yeah. we can all help each other make money indefinitely into the future that is not tied to, it doesn't come out of the agent's commission. It comes out of the company's portion. Mm -hmm. And I know yeah. I heard a statistic that was pretty astounding. Like I think it was Q3, 2022, the revenue was 1.2 billion. So the revenue share was 600 million. And here's the kicker. Wow. Yeah. So the thing about it is right now, I think we're about last I heard 89,000 agents worldwide, only about 10% of the agents are participating in the revenue share portion. So that portion, that 600 million for just Went the 10%. Yeah. Was shared with only 10% wow. of agents. So if you do the math, I mean, that's like 60,000 bucks in revenue share for one quarter. Yeah. That was where I was like, head turn. Okay. <laughs> right. And it goes on forever. As long as those people stay with that, with the company and it comes out of, you know, we have an 80, 20 split. It comes out of the company's 20%. So you always make your full commission. So that is really cool. And then there's the stock part of it, which I don't know all the details of, but I do know that if you hit certain production goals, you can actually earn your cap back in stock every year. So you could essentially be in for zero. So there's, you know, there's a lot of other things too, but for me, like I'm, I'm really into the multiple streams of income and trying to get yeah. passive income Yeah. that will just come to me, whether I'm sleeping or taking a month off or whatever I'm totally. doing. So totally, totally. that was like, okay. And the, you know, the support and the education, all the things that they offer are great too. There's like, like a ton more, especially me coming from a boutique where there really wasn't a lot of educational offerings and masterminds and different groups and trainings and all of that. Now it's like built in 
like 50 hours a week, you could tune into whatever, anytime. Well, so. I love that an EXP, you know, and we have other EXP agents too, using sphere. It's like, uh-huh. man, I want EXP to just take it on. Come on, EXP, take well, it come on. Come on over, people. bring your whole team and we'll make <laughs> lots of business together and it'll be great. And we'll all be rich. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, if it's something you uh, want more information about, I would be happy to coordinate getting that to you. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm a parent as well. And looking into the future, five, 10 years, like I love this job, but I want it to be an option to work and not an obligation to work. Totally. And if I can get this other thing where it's just coming in, no matter what I'm doing, great. So totally, totally get it. Yep. Well, this has been awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So much. I, I, I have heard your name for years and never had the pleasure of meeting you. So this has been great. I really, really appreciate the time. So great to meet you. Thanks. Thanks for uh, uh, reaching out to me. All right. Have a good day. And the producers will get this all, you know, edited and everything. And, and when it's ready to publish, they'll let us know when I don't know a date yet. Okay. Uh, but they will provide it to you and then you can share it on your social media. I'll be sharing it on my social media. It will be on YouTube, all the podcast platforms. So it's a really Fantastic. good way to get your name out there. Thank you. All right. Have all a right. good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.